Pirates Nation to the Pirates Den. I'm your host, Sean Lavoy. I'm your co-host, Nathan Cologne. And on today's episode, we have special guest Brad Canis, who is the owner of Europro Basketball. He talks about his career playing pro basketball and how he started this business of his. This is definitely an episode worth a full listen. Yeah, one thing I thought was really cool during the talk was how he just, he explained that he played at every level, like Juco, D1, overseas, like in Africa, Europe, played for the Rockets Summer League, like he has a lot of experience. Yeah, and it helps with like for what he does being a scout. So huge shout out to our sponsors. Use promo code Providence Pirates, no space to get a free cheese pizza when you spend $20 or more. Go out and support some uh, some local businesses. For more information, anything Pirates related, go to our, go to our website at ProvidencePiratesABA.com. And now on to the Brad Canis interview. We want to welcome Brad Canis to the Pirates Dead. Brad, thanks for coming on. How are you today? Hey, guys. I'm, I'm doing great and really appreciate you guys inviting me to be a part of your podcast. No problem. All right. So first, let's talk about your journey as a player. Um, and then we'll dive into uh, how you're becoming the owner of Europro Basket. Yeah, I basically I started playing basketball at a young age. I played multiple sports, and uh, you know I played all different levels growing up in the U.S. I played high school AU ball. Um, I then went to a junior college uh, in California. I grew up most of my life in Southern California, in Orange County. And so I started playing junior college there after high school, uh, went to another junior college in Eugene, Oregon, and then transferred to a Division I university, Southern Utah University. Uh, from there, I played a season and I transferred to NCAA Division II, Grand Canyon University. From there, I did a summer league with the Houston Rockets, uh, spent a whole summer in, in Houston and worked out with Carol Dawson. The, uh, yeah, I was with the Rockets as an assistant for 20 years. And uh, I got to do the, the NBA Summer League with, uh, with Houston and Vegas. Following that, I went overseas and I played in South America, Asia, Middle East, Africa, Europe. And, uh, and now I'm here in Spain. Wow, your basketball journey is, uh, you have to write it down on a whole piece of paper for that one. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it's taken me all over. I've been, I've been really blessed. For sure, my height had a had a part in it. I'm I'm seven one, so wow, you know that definitely gave me uh, an advantage. And yeah, definitely. If you have coordination, I feel like anyone will take you. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. Uh, so. Yeah. So then, how did you uh, evolve your basketball playing career into your pro basketball? Was it just like oh, I want to start this new like uh, new league, or like how did you get about it? Yeah, well, I was, you know, throughout my playing career, I, I helped and assisted my friends, former teammates or current teammates get agents or get opportunities on, on other teams. It's always something that I, I liked. I was always active uh, networking with people. You know, when I'd, when I'd have games against coaches, I would shake their hands. Sometimes I'd introduce myself. You know, I try and I try and make those contacts because I knew that uh, basketball was something I was going to want to do in the future. I didn't know if I wanted to be a coach or an agent or a scout or, you know, I, I wasn't exactly sure what in basketball I liked to do. I knew I liked to do all of those, but um, this basketball academy was kind of like a mix of everything. You know, when I started it, I was coaching. I was, you know, being an agent. I was being a scout for my players, I, you know, a business owner and director. And, you know, I, 
I did a little bit of everything. So, you know, I was 30 years old. I, I wanted to start something to help players get their opportunities overseas. I knew of a lot of different uh, showcases and camps in the U.S. that claimed to help players. I didn't feel like most of them actually did what they said they were doing. And so I wanted to do something here in Europe to get players an actual opportunity at playing with the team. You know, if you didn't play Division One or Division Two basketball, it's, it's very hard to get interest from teams here. And so this program can help those players. You know, if you had a year or two off, this program can help you. So uh, we've we placed players in all different levels. And, and that was my main focus when I when I started this program uh, during uh, when I finished my season in North Africa and Morocco. I, I came to Spain and was actually looking for another job. And, you know, this kind of idea was was uh, in my mind. Uh, I made some connections with a club in Girona and a hotel director and, you know, decided to start the, uh, the program up there. I think it's very impressive how like you were already like dabbled into like meeting people, like networking on, with your basketball career. And then you knew that you wanted to do this after the fact. It's very impressive, like like actually realizing it in the moment. Um, mm-hmm. And I have one more question for this uh, on about your pro basketball. Um, when you have, if you had explained to what you do and like what this organization, this program is to someone that has no idea about basketball, how would you explain it to them? Um, I would explain it as a basketball academy in Europe that teaches players from outside of Europe how to be successful in Europe while showcasing them, getting them exposure, explaining uh, important concepts about European basketball, how to act and, uh, and behave like a professional overseas, what coaches are looking for in Europe. Um, you know, giving opportunities for, for players to get started. You know, that's, that's the most difficult part, I feel, for most players is to get their start. And this, this program really does a good job with that. The easy part is, is getting a player that has a lot of experience on a team. You know, any, anybody can do that. Any agent can do that. The difficult part is taking a player that has a year or two off of their uh, resume or a gap. Um, they haven't played a high-level university. Those are the really difficult players to place, and those are the players we specialize and take pride in placing. You know, we don't, we don't make a commission from them. We're just proud that we're able to get that player an opportunity to continue their career. And we still have many players that are playing overseas since we started. You know, maybe they came in our the first year we started, the second year we started, and they're still overseas playing. That's and, awesome. You know, I could, I would probably safely say a lot of those players wouldn't have had, you know, and I would think they would say too, they wouldn't have had their career if it wasn't for your pro basket, you know. So it is an investment for, for players. You know, you do have to come out here. You have to fly out here. You have to pay the program fee. Well, let's be honest, uh, is a program fee of 2,000 euros worth an entire career of playing basketball overseas, you know? 1,000%. That's on you. Yeah, yeah, if you want to invest in yourself, like, it's a good investment for, you know? Yeah, it is. I mean, That's even it. just for a year, you know, there's some players that just wanted an experience for one year overseas at two years. They invest 2,000 euros, and they got a year playing basketball in Spain for free. They made a girlfriend. You know, maybe you start a family over here. Yeah, my knows? wife is from Uruguay. My wife <laughs> is Uruguayan. So, 
I went overseas as a basketball player, a young basketball player, and I came back to the U.S. with a wife and a daughter. Wow, change you know, your and life. My completely. friends are like, dude, like, what, <laughs> what happened over there? Uh, that's funny. So you never know. That's amazing, though, to see uh, just your growth and elevation, not only as a player, but as a person, you know, just developing, you know, the culture of these different countries you've been traveling to, and just gaining that experience. Um, Appreciate that. But, yeah, it's good experience. Players going overseas, um, what do you notice that most teams are, are looking for in players when going overseas? Yeah, that's that's a long one. You know, there, there's a long answer to that. And so I'll try <laughs> and get not on easy. to yeah. it. Yeah. I'll try and get onto a short one. I mean, short answer is all coaches look for the same things, you know, honestly, hard worker, good attitude, positive player, leadership. Um, obviously, yeah. skills have to come into play. Uh, I think things that European teams in general look for, I'm going to talk about European because that's this is what I specialize in. Yeah, Overseas course. is like really broad. It can be South America, it can be Africa, China, you know. So I'll focus more on European basketball. Teams here need players uh, that play defense, that, that do everything. You know, they want to have a player like an American, for example, that's athletic and strong and fast. And uh, But they also need that player to be smart and know how to run sets, uh, um, know how to take advantage of situations, uh, know how to use spacing and timing. Um, they have to have a basketball IQ. So if they have all that, they're going to most likely be successful. They have to, they have to uh, go from American physical isolation style of basketball, more isolation style of basketball, to a more team-oriented style of basketball, you know, where you can pass the ball eight, nine, ten times before somebody takes a shot. You know, you can't be selfish. It's all about efficiency here. And so everybody's a shooter. So you gotta, you gotta be a good shooter. It's, it's difficult to play in Europe if you can't shoot, you know, it's the most fundamental part of playing basketball is putting the ball in the basket. So, 100%. Um, you should be, you should be good at that. They're really high on character. They don't like egos. They don't like poor character. There's a lot of NBA players that have come over here and got sent home because they've uh, they be behaved poorly. They had bad attitudes. They thought they were more important than the coach. Yeah, I think they're like the, the hot shot or something coming in. Yeah, they yeah. don't like that here. I mean, they have that here on occasion too. Of course, but Europeans are are a little bit different, you know, and and they uh, they're raised to be more uh, more humble. at least in basketball. Yeah, to be yeah. more humble, be more team oriented. You know, you see players like Luka Doncic. Yeah, I was gonna say that yeah. was a king. He's a king here. You know, at eighteen, oh, I only could imagine. Well, yeah, at fifteen, he was playing with the with the Euroleague team. You know, yeah. so it's uh, and he's still a humble guy. You know, and that's and that's how things are here. So you have to be a good teammate. Um, you gotta you gotta have all the good character qualities. Um, that's huge here. You gotta be able to adapt to playing in Europe. You know, it's it's not easy. You know, yeah. I was playing in Kosovo and the gyms were below zero. You know, wow. There was no, there's no heat. There's snow on the ground outside and we're practicing in the gym with, you could see your breath. You know, <laughs> I played in South America where it's flip seasons, you know, so it's summertime and it's like 90 degrees, 90% <sighs> humidity, super hot. The water, the floor is always wet because people are sweating a lot and it's slippery, but you still got to play the game. And, yeah. you know, it's, you have to really be able to adapt to those situations to the culture to the language the food you know I've, 
I like my American food. And that was a huge <laughs> change, you know, eating their yeah. food, going out to dinner with my teammates and eating their food. Even, even if I didn't like it, I made sure I ate it. So, you know, I could be respectful and they, and they respected me for that. So, you know, those are, those like are some important things. I feel like that's probably the biggest thing. Um, in a previous episode, we had talked with um, Jeff Xavier, who's a Rhode Island native, and he plays overseas in Spain. And mm-hmm. he's played in, he said, Germany, France, Spain, like just kind of all over the place. And um, he said that was like his biggest thing was just trying to, you know, adapt his game to how they play in Europe and, you know, just being able to adapt to their culture, their lifestyle, and just making sure that, he was comfortable with being able to live there and just transitioning into a whole new journey over there. And I feel like yeah. when I, when I hear about European basketball, like that's just the biggest thing, learning how to adapt to their gameplay and like just the lifestyle living over there. Cause it's just so different from here where, you know, a lot of teams like you play AAU or high school basketball, a lot of the times it becomes isolation ball, you know? Mm-hmm. So I yeah. feel like that's definitely one of the biggest like priorities when planning to go overseas or in Europe pretty much anywhere but I mean that's definitely I feel like the biggest the biggest thing yeah no I think you're right and you know I've I have a a good friend who's uh who's actually I think he's on record the the player to play in the first division here in Spain for the longest you know at the oldest age I think it was 47 or 48 when he retired I mean the guy's a he's a monster like in perfect shape. He's still, he's, you know, he's in his fifties and he's still in, in game shape, you know, playing against in practice, playing against guys in EuroLeague. His name's Daryl Middleton. And he said one of the most important things for him is just adapting to the food, you know, eating the same food that his teammates eat, you know, and being able to be happy with that. That's, that was a huge thing. So yeah, adaption is, is going to make or break you over here. And, like, you can talk about adoption on the court. Like, you have to play, like, everything. Offense, defense. Like, you know, like, taking plays off. Um, sometimes yeah. it happens over here. And then not mm-hmm. even mention off the court. People forget about that so much. Uh, it's the culture. You have to go, like, a way of life different. You can't, like, after practice, you don't go back to your house and then hang out with your boys and play Xbox. It's like, no, I have to, like, <laughs> figure out how to, like, communicate uh, to go yeah. on the train or whatnot. It's a whole different way of life, and the mm-hmm. people have to, like, really grasp that. Um, one more question about the your pro basketball. So, on average, I know this might be tough. Uh, how many players do you probably place a year, or is it like, oh, if it just, if it's just – it's different every year because if it's a kind of just a situation, how does that work? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, over the course of our six years, let's say five, because this this year was not a real year. We didn't yeah. have really any players. Big asterisks on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So five years, we placed about 180, a little bit more than 180 players. Wow. You know? wow. And those these are players that have never played professional basketball. You know, we've only had a few players, and maybe I can count them on one or two of my hands. You know, I don't know exactly, but maybe just one hand actually had professional experience before uh coming here and getting onto a team so a lot of those well maybe it's two hands um (laughs) but a lot of those a lot of those players didn't play college basketball or they did play college basketball but they're one or two years removed they played division three they played nai you know they played in these smaller leagues and schools that that wouldn't uh, wouldn't assist them in, in getting overseas or getting interest from teams overseas. So, 
you know, they take, they took the initiative, they invested in them, themselves and they came over here and, and showed that they belong on a team, you know, and they got me and my staff on their side, you know, working for them. The fact that they're already here obviously helped the fact that they're playing against European teams obviously helped. But uh, I think I said earlier, if, if I get 10 good players, like 10 really good players that played division one basketball or D2 basketball and, uh, and they have a good attitude, good work ethic, maybe all 10 of them go to teams. If I get 10 players that don't have good attitudes, that don't have a good level, that don't have a good basketball IQ, chances are none of them are going to get on teams. You know, I can't, I can't guarantee that. What, what I can guarantee is that our program is going to give the best opportunity. You know, you're in the biggest facilities in Europe. You have uh, some of the best coaches at your disposal here in Europe. You're practicing alongside one of the biggest clubs in the world, which is Valencia Basket. They have a EuroLeague team and uh, on the men's side and a Euro Cup team on the women's side. Um, we have all the biggest events, all the biggest tournaments here. You have, uh, like I said, the biggest facilities. So we get we get these tournaments where all the NBA teams come or they have a representative from all the NBA teams. I've made contacts with, uh, with every single team in the NBA with a scout or a representative of each team just from being in these facilities in the past two years. You know, so the center of basketball is here in Valencia. This program has been doing this for six years. You know, we've, we've created a good reputation here. Uh, we don't sell players to teams. We sell people that, uh, you know, we, we offer information to these teams. We offer uh, character reviews about the players, you know, something that's much more important than just looking at a stat sheet. You know, they want to know how these players behave and we give them the information. We live with these players for 20, 40, 60 days. And so we can kind of see the evolution of the player. We can see the attitude, their work ethic, if they show up time on time to practices, if they're late, you know, if they're a good teammate, if they respond well to the coaches, all this information goes to the teams and makes them uh, trust what we're, what we're doing. You know, they make, it makes them trust our program. So when we sign one player to a team one year, maybe the next year they ask for two or three or four. And we've had some players where they've had five players, you know, and I have, I have a, a few pictures of, of these type of situations where we've got five of our players on one team because that team just trusts us, you know, and that's, and that's the type of reputation we, we grew here. So I feel like every year it's getting better and easier for us to place players because coaches talk and they say, Hey, I got this player from this organization. They did a great job. I trust them. And I didn't even have to pay them. Go talk to them. You know, we don't, um, we don't compete with agents. You know, we don't, we don't have to, a lot of times agents will send us their players to help them get opportunities overseas. Uh, if they, if they struggle getting them on teams, if there's a gap in their resume, you know, so we have good relationships with agents and agencies and we have good relationships with teams. We're just the meeting point between everyone. Uh, you mentioned, actually, I have one more question before year for basketball. You it generated when you were answering that question and then we'll get to the Pirates. Um, so you mentioned character and also your credibility with like what your brand that you're trying to build. Like, will you be honest with the coach or, or a new organization about a player if he's not the best guy on the court, his personalities mm -hmm. doesn't match up with his play. Yeah, totally. Because it's it's just going to come back to us. One hundred percent. 
you know, and the players are only here 20 days. If you can't behave in 20 days or 40 days or 60, then you're not going to make it overseas. Yeah. You know, okay. there, I just there can't be any that. mistakes. Yeah. And, you know, we've lost some players that I'm like, geez, we could have had a player sign there. But that attitude, I just I couldn't send them to a team because I I've done it before. Even I've made mistakes where, you know, maybe I saw a little something I didn't like or my coach was complaining about a player that was not behaving correctly. And I I already had opportunity for him and the team was already interested. So I, I ended up sending him. And then that relationship with that team got broken because that player misbehave and the team kind of blames me and my program for doing that. So we're really careful about the type of people that, that go to teams from our program because we want to keep that reputation. And, you know, if we break that reputation with one team, then who knows how many players we could assign to that team in the future. You know, it just, it ruins, it ruins the like domino effect. for all of us. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Now let's, uh, let's switch over to the pirates. Um, so what, did you see in the Providence Pirates that both that we can help your you guys out and then what can you do can to help us out? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, when uh, when I was talking with Surgeon about the Pirates, you know, I liked what he was doing. I liked uh, his vision for his program. Um, I liked the fact that he was from Europe, that he knows the system over here, and he's been in the U.S. for a while now, and he he knows the system there. Um, he seems really motivated and determined to, to grow his program and to help his players. You know, it's the same type of situation as us. It's what, it's what we do, you know? And so I felt like we, uh, it's, it's a good collaboration. You know, we both have the same vision for our programs. Um, he gets players, uh, and helps them improve, uh, basically scouts them, coaches them, develops them. Um, most likely he's going to be teaching a European style of basketball to his players. So they're already going to be somewhat adjusted to playing in Europe if they play under that system. Um, and so when, uh, when he has players that he feels are going to be good options for teams overseas, he's going to, he's going to send them to us, you know, we're going to help him get those opportunities and that's going to bring more players to his program. It's going to bring more players to our program and it's going to give teams over here, uh, good op- good options for their for their open spots. Um, on the other side, we're in Europe. We come across a lot of European players. Sometimes Asian, Middle Eastern, African. You know, there's players that want to go to the U.S. to play basketball, to study, to live. You know, to to create a new life. So I feel like we can have opportunities uh, or create that channel so that players from outside of the U.S. can get to the U.S. through through his program. That would be amazing. And I, I know that you and Serjan have a pretty good relationship. So could you talk to us about your relationship with um, Serjan? Yeah, well, like I said, we're, we're on the same page, you know, with both of our uh, – with our values and, and how we view our programs. Uh, we've spoken a few times on Zoom. Uh, maybe sometime in the future, I'll, I'll get to meet him personally. Uh, he's, he's from Turkey, which is not too far from Spain. You know, eventually I'm going to make it out there too. So, um, I think, uh, I think it's something that's going to be very beneficial for both of us. He follows European basketball as do I, uh, we both work in basketball and we're very dedicated, uh, what we're doing 
helping players and, uh, and giving opportunities. So I feel like uh, it's, it's the right move to, to make a stronger bond and, and to join these two programs and, and uh, give more players opportunities. Right. Um, and when talking with players, um, you know, and them coming to your academy and, and your facility, um, what are some things that, uh, what are some expectations that you hold the players up to? Like when they come into your facility and um, what can, you know, how can that help lead them into to coming over to the Pirates and playing in the ABA, say if you send someone from Europe over here to have the experience of playing um, basketball in the States? Mm-hmm. Well, we're, our program is run like a professional team. You know, our coaches are fully professionals. They, they've, they either are on a professional team or just finished or they're in between professional jobs. So we take, we take coaches that have coached in, in top divisions here in Europe and so they expect a lot from our players, you know, and so they're going to be, they're going to be pushed uh, physically, mentally. Uh, they're they're going to be pushed maybe like they've never been pushed before. And, and it's going to test them and it's going to see if they have what it takes to, to compete at the highest level. Um, so it's kind of, it's kind of a filter process, you know, either, in his program in the U.S., he's going to be testing his players. In our program here, we're going to be testing ours and and see if they have what it takes to to play at the next level. See what it takes if they can help uh, a team win games. If they can stick with a team for an entire year. If they can uh, be consistent and be coachable and learn and adapt and grow. Um, that's the that's the goal of of these type of programs. So. Yeah, I think uh, either way, we're we're both getting good quality players and good quality people. All right, so I don't want to take too much of your time. I got one last question before we part ways. <clears throat> so what is one thing or a couple things uh, to minimize in a short amount of time? Uh, you could tell one player that was waiting to get a chance, either playing professional ball overseas or waiting to get a chance in the ABA or even to like even get a look by an agent. Like what is one thing you could tell them? Mm-hmm. Oh, one thing it's it's kind of tough to get down onto one thing because I've I've so many things I like to tell them. But rattle be patient them off. And, then. <laughs> <laughs> be patient. Be patient and be diligent. You know, yeah. you gotta you gotta be patient. This thing is a process. It takes time and and uh, it takes a lot of work. And there's there's different levels to to making it to the top. Um, and be diligent in how you work. Uh, how you work out, how you train, how you practice, you know, teams overseas in the NBA, in college, doesn't matter where you go, you have to practice hard and you have to play in games hard and you have to give everything a hundred percent every time you're on the court. You know, if you can do that, then you're going to be successful. And if you can do that in everything you do, you're for sure going to be successful at something, whether it's business, whether it's your family, whether it's a marriage, you put a hundred percent up every time you're going to, you're going to be successful at it. So uh, do it every time, uh, continue to network and continue to play as much as you can. You know, if you, if you can get into a college and play there, do it. If you can get onto an ABA team then do it, you know, if, if you're playing overseas already, then continue networking and uh, continue working for the next opportunity. Yeah. You heard it here. Work and work. And work. I mean, that's a, like for everyone has telling you to push and uh, 
speaking to myself and Nate, like all we want to do is just put your head down and just keep working and uh, hopefully good results will come if you just keep working and put 100% effort into everything you do. Brad, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for coming on. I know the time zone is a little bit different over there. So uh, thanks for adjusting. Yeah, no, it's it's been a pleasure. I appreciate you guys inviting me on the podcast. And thank you, everybody, for who's listening to the podcast. If you guys have any questions or, or concerns or uh, you got you need some advice about something, you can you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. You can get on my website and, and shoot me an email. Uh, I'm available for for players at all times of the day. So so feel free to reach out and and let me know what you're thinking or whatever questions you got. Perfect. Thanks, Brad. Thanks for coming on. Thank my you. pleasure. What an interview that was, Nate. Uh, it was such an easy conversation with Brad. It was so cool talking to a guy that started his own basketball program in Spain uh, and who helps place people uh, throughout Europe. Yeah, man. It's, great. it's really great to see what he does. And I like that, you know, he's found somewhere that is it works best for him over there in Europe. So, yeah, like uh, really he really started that. a life out there. Absolutely. So I'm really glad that he's been able to have the experience that he's had out there and then just being able to help players and, and just, you know, be able to place them in those situations. It's, it's amazing what he does. Yeah, it is. It's crazy how he like picked up his whole life. I mean, yeah, throughout a long process, but then moved there. And definitely it's kind of crazy to really just like move like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go to another country and live my life. I mean, I could never do that, maybe, but you never know. Hey, when you do what you love, you know. Yeah, you'll, you'll go wherever, honestly. All right, Nate, where can they find us at? They can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, Pirates ABA. They can also find our website, www.providencepiratesaba.com. Also, you know, check out Apple Music, Spotify, Buzzsprout, Pirates Den. 100%. Like, follow. When Nate just said, like, follow, subscribe, check us out, spread the word, it helps out a lot. Until next time, Pirates Nation.